Hello, everyone. This is episode three of It's About Time, a pinball podcast. I'm Brett Smith, and I'm here with Fred Richardson. Hey, what's up? How's it going, everyone? Um, we're happy and excited to be on episode three. And right now, all streaming platforms should have the podcast. So if you're listening in your home, at home, in your car, or at work, wherever you're listening, you can find us. Nice. I think we uh, I put together a Facebook page. And uh, didn't you do an Instagram? I did an Instagram page. Yeah, it's, it's uh, at it's about time pinball. Just another page there to get started up and ignore and have it die a slow death. <laughs> <laughs> right now we're trying to cut through all the traffic. Um, there's a lot of content out there. Is there? Um, yeah, there's so many. There's a lot of there's, pinball podcasts. You're saying? There's a lot. Thank there's goodness. more than any um, genre that I thought of. <laughs> it's amazing. More pinball than archery. But I can tell you one thing. I think we are the first pinball podcast in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. And if not, in Columbia. Okay. So like, I'll, I'll claim it right here. In this there episode. you go. You can have it. Sure. <laughs> Stick a flag in it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Awesome. Um, so we have some things to talk about today. Um, first off, we want to talk about the competitive format of pinball and how the ranking system is set up. The competitive format of pinball. Okay. There's one. <laughs> he's clowning me everybody he's he's, he's mocking me with my uh, lack of uh, preparation skills right now there's a <laughs> lot of formats out there well, for the people for the people that don't know um you know right now match play events live is where um most people go to set up their tournaments yep. and there's different ways you can um you know set up a game yeah and then all the rankings are um inputted to ifpa mm-hmm and there's a ranking system already. And yes. It's been like that for how many years? Uh, 2005, I think. Yeah? Yep. Okay, cool. And everybody has just agreed to the ways of how mm. we... Um, well, you got right. some good people in charge of it that uh, have been responsive, mm-hmm. react to people trying to exploit it and things like that. I think that uh, Josh, Zach, everybody you know, involved Adam, everyone helping, um, really has, um, you know, kept a close eye on it and have handled this really well, you know, once a year coming out with revisions and updates and, you know, whatever the latest fad is to make sure that you can't exploit it mm-hmm. for too much. And then also trying to make it, uh, fair in, uh, some of the other formats that don't get as much love, like maybe a pin golf or something, um, it, it doesn't fit into the, the Whopper formula real well um, because you're not guaranteed to play a full game, which is how things are um, determined in uh, the IPA. And so, you know, you can you can play a hole on a game and, you know, well, get a hole in one and finish it in one ball. And so it doesn't, you know, register and count as, as a full fully played game so wow a little bit harder with <clears throat> pin golf pin bowling uh some of those kind of formats in order to uh you know get some some good points out of them yeah i think at entry level the standard match play works um in my opinion mm-hmm. when you're a beginner you're just starting to play pinball um i believe ifpa uh point system is first place seven seven points right and i think second place four Seven five three one seven, for five, three, one. standard okay. IFPA. Okay. Uh, Papa, we did four two one zero, which is my favorite. Okay. Rewards the winner, punishes the loser. Okay. Cool. Um, so there's different ways to, you know, uh, give 
um, arbitrary points to whatever the event is that you're in. But again, if you've got a, a different kind of format, it's it, you may not be scoring the same way. Exactly. If you're pin golf, you're trying to get a lower score and things of that nature. So The cool thing about pin golf is you have to know the ins and outs of the game. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a certain score you have to get. Score or as close objective. as possible, right? Or mm-hmm. a little higher. Um, and if you get it in ball one, it's a hole in one, yep. right? Yep. Um, and then let's say if you do it in ball two, that's like a stroke, two strokes. Right? Two mm-hmm. strokes, yeah. Yep. Um, I think a format like that is really conducive to somebody who knows how to play pinball. Yeah. Prof- professional, you can, I mean, you can call it professional, serious hobbyist, you sure. know? Um, so I like this lar- these larger events to see stuff like that. Mm. I mean, if you have if you have 60 people playing, right? Yeah. Um, and you have a handful of people that are getting first, second, third, first, second, third. At the end, you're going to have a couple of tiebreakers. <laughs> Probably. And you're going to have a lot of people who just hit their stride maybe towards the end. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I'd like to see some variety. I mean, I've been playing for, for going on three years now, and I've probably been to maybe 25 tournaments, mm-hmm. and I've only played uh, match play and um, strikes. strikes. Sure. That's it. Yeah, I've watched plenty of streams with you know pin golf and things like that. I'm like, oh, that seems yeah. pretty cool. You know, I love to do that. But you know, it's fun. It takes a lot of work. Um, doesn't always have to be points. It can be objectives. You know, maybe you got to get bloodbath in The Walking Dead or something. And you know, how many balls is it going to take for you to do that? Um, I know my friends up in Pittsburgh uh, put together and they called uh, how do they pronounce it? Pinky Mine. <laughs> and what it was is you had different levels of point achievements. And uh, I think each game had like four levels of point achievements and then three objectives in a game. So you could get up to seven points per game. You get to play each game twice, go through, and so you'll play, you know, I don't know, Walking Dead again. Um, and, you know, maybe it's 25,000 is the first, or 25 million is the first threshold, 50, 100, 200. Okay, so you can get up to four points if you get over 200 in your three balls um and then it might have like say bloodbath or horde or something that you have to achieve and get those points and so you can get up to seven per game and to me that is that's a blast i love that i think that's that's a lot of fun because it's not just about points it's also about you know uh achieving certain objectives exactly and i think that's a better example of skill mm. because you, i mean sure. you, you are shooting certain shots and you have to and then the other person has to do the same thing. Yeah. Like, for instance, if we were playing a pinball party and we had to see who can get all the uh, itchy and scratchies, like see, see how far you can get. You, sure. know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah, like, yeah. that's that involves, um, that might involve some post pass, that might involve some dead bounce, that might involve, you know, a lot of things. But sure. everybody has to do that. You can't go for multi ball. You can't do anything else. No. And it's just, just something to see. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I feel the more you have to play in an event, the longer you play, the more games you play. Um, typically, you know, your better players or your better player that weekend will rise to the top. And so, you know, I'm always looking for more games. Oh, you know, um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go head to head single game knockout like you do in some local things, and you have one rough game and you're done. Yeah, that's true. I don't only like right now. I like uh, anything above like twelve rounds. Oof. I mean, I know it sounds like yeah, a marathon, a but that makes room. It, it tests your endurance. Sure. Um, it also gives you a chance to fuck up every now and then. Gives you a chance to get lucky. 
every now and then. Depends on how many games are in your round. If that's a single game round, then 12, sure. Sometimes there's two, sometimes three, four. You know, um, mm-hmm. you go and play at Replay FX, play in Pinburg. Uh, every round had four games. You know, you had a EM, a solid state, usually like a DMD and a modern game, some kind of mix of mm-hmm. that. And so, again, you you know, the more games you play and the more variety you play, you hope that you're uh, the people that deserve to win rights to the top. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I've, really. I've recently heard of a, a format called Stallball. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. What is that about? What is Stallball all about? Stallball is a... Um, it's a way to play game, and when the ball is set in a natural setting where it stops, catches, you know, whether it be a scoop or whatever, um, you're done. You play until that happens, and then you keep going in a circle, round and round. People play. They try and get the ball, you know, in a lock hole or something, and then they're done. They get to walk away, and the next person goes. If you drain before you can get it in one, you're out. So oh, really? that's kind of the, the circle. So so it's not like a team thing. It's all individual. No, no oh, it's individual. It's, it's almost like a horse not horse the b- basketball game um around the horn uh, what is that called it's, it's basically this thing is like knockout or something like that but basically you take a shot yeah at, like you take a shot and then when you make it you move to somewhere else and then sure. the next person comes up and takes a shot yeah and they keep shooting but then the next person once they come back around if they get the shot in before you that you're out oh so wow. that's something similar so i, I can sure. see how that would be now could you intentionally just keep shooting the scoop well or i like, mean you you can you can Sure, and you, you you know you'll just keep going round and round with people, hmm. you know. I suppose if you're playing a game of atoms and dropping the scoop, get away, you know, <laughs> kicks out, put That's in the scoop, get away. That's a nice casual like fun thing. Sure, you know? I like sounds that. sounds really boring. Better man. than split flipper. Yes, agree. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I'm glad you agree because when everybody uh, everybody says let's play split flipper, I'm like why? That's for why? dates. That's for yeah. dates and goofing <laughs> around and yeah. No, not not uh, not one I'm going after. <laughs> oh man, what's some of the craziest uh, formats that you've played? <sighs> hmm, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I remember playing up in Pittsburgh, and I don't remember if it was PPO or what it was, but they had pin golf up there, and man, I swear to goodness, every year there, it was just like they'd set them really tough. <laughs> you know, like, like demo man would be like, I don't know, 2 billion or something. Oh. And you're just like, and you, I think you got four balls for every one woman or three balls. And if you didn't get it, you got a seven or something <laughs> like that. And you would just be like seven, 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 two, seven, <laughs> one, seven. Like, yeah. oh, so that, that was kind of brutal as far as, I don't know, having fun. I mean, you know, obviously price is right. It's really cool. You know, people said, point values that you got to get up to without going over. That's mm-hmm. really fun. I like doing um, different kind of um, scavenger hunt sort of things. Again, that's... Uh, scavenger, explain that. Scavenger hunt is when you've um, you've got objectives to collect. You know, like maybe you have to spell Paragon. And so you have to play until you do that. Or, oh, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Or you drain, so. Very cool. There's that, but I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, you know, what's out there is a lot of group match play seems to be kind of the the heavy format that's out there, at least right now. I mean, it certainly can be regional. I remember when 
um, I first got to back to Minnesota in 2012 and we did like head to heads. We did brackets. Uh, we did head to head brackets and then, and then I busted out strikes and then we were just doing strikes, not even fair strikes or, uh, it just straight up three strikes. Brackets are cool. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I brackets are the, nice. I come from the, uh, fighting game, you know, video yeah. game world and, uh, we had, yeah. uh, brackets and it was double elimination. Yes. Um, so, and I think usually it's sometimes best of three. Yeah. If I'm not sure. mistaken. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so you'll go head to head with somebody. If you win, you advance. If you lose, you go to the loser's bracket. Yep. And you sit there until some more losers come around and then you play again. But like after you lose in the loser's bracket, you're done. Yeah. Like that's it. So you pretty much have two chances. Yep. Now, if you're in the winner's bracket and you make it all the way to finals, it's the best of three. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you make it to the finals, best of three, you get moved down to the loser's bracket. And you play the winner of the losers, and it's usually best of three. It's just it's more exciting. Absolutely, you know, I like yep. seeing that. You can see somebody. Now I don't know about you know. You have to have more rounds, and it takes more. Um, well, that was tournament directing. Basically, our format uh, at at Expo, you know, where um, there was an attempt to to seed people, but after that, it was head to head. You know, best of three games. Yeah, and uh, you'd play, and then if you got knocked down. Um, I was a wrestler in high school and college, so we call it wrestlebacks. <laughs> That's your, you know, loser's bracket, if you would. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've seen people whew, come back from being way down. But, like, when you lose and go into loser's bracket, like, you add exponentially more games <laughs> to what you have to do in order <laughs> to win. And then when you come back from the loser's bracket, you got to beat the champion two out of three. And then you got to beat them two out of three. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, good luck. But oh, that's exciting. Seen it happen. Though. That's it, exciting, though. It is. It, it, it really is exciting, pinball. Yeah, so if the people that are new into get, getting into uh, pinball tournament directing. Yeah. Know, that's, that's a totally different thing. Now, I've, I've yet sure. to do that yet. Mm. Um, I've done some stuff in the video game world before, but um, I, I like to see what that's about. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I see some people, they actually play in the tournament sometimes, and mm-hmm. some guys just sit back. Um, just like uh, Dave said on our first episode, um, he's gotten to the point where he he likes, you know, tournament directing. He likes yeah. sitting back and, you know, watching people play and, like, hearing the stories about, you know, oh, I just I missed this shot by an inch, and, I'll, you know, <sighs> I could have got it, and I, you know, or I tilted out or something. Like, you know, just hearing the stories and just like, yeah. Hey, well, everybody's got a story. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's true. Um, I know, like, we're, we're getting ready to sort of ramp up and teach a bunch of people about uh, about directing here in Columbia. Really, really looking forward to that. Um, I think in the, you know, in the old days, if you would, um, you would, if you were tournament directing, I mean, you really wanted to run your event. You did not want to play and run your event. Um, some people didn't really like you doing that and also it's extremely difficult to do um i would say since sort of post-covid now um you're seeing more kind of a uh, a group effort where you'll have maybe four people designated as tournament directors mm-hmm. and so you can run an event and you don't have to go get you know person a to make all the rulings there's other people there and uh you know they know enough to either make the rulings themselves or wait you know, to a player A or person one. And and that allows uh, directors to play because part of the reason why we direct is because we love pinball so much. So if we love it that much, a lot of times we like to play it that much. So, um, I mean, definitely my, my bigger stuff, my national events, um, I never played in those, just, uh, you know, just directed. But 
now with some of the bigger stuff that we've held, like down at Bangback, um, you know, try and play when I can. I don't play in all of them, but, um, you know, certainly if I got friends coming in from out of town, that's part of uh, the motivator to want to mm-hmm. get out there and play a little bit. And it's good to have somebody um, entering scores sometimes. You know, if a tournament director yeah. is playing, yeah. you know, have somebody there. It took me a while to actually understand how uh, to read the uh, scoreboard and got to sing. And was, sure. There was like three, two, one, four. Or, Four three two one. Yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about? What does this even mean? <laughs> what are you doing?" Well, yeah. I figured it out. Totally, so it's cool. We got a bunch of events coming up here. Yeah, soon. Um, yeah, up in a uh, Super Bari, right up yep. there in North Carolina. Yep, kind mm-hmm. of the the big unveiling for mm-hmm. what everybody's been waiting two plus years for. So yeah, we'll see that. And yeah, we always have our our monthlies here locally. Um, there's this new league actually, the, the, the crap pinball league. I'm not sure there if you heard go. about that. I think it's casual re- recreational. Oh, I forgot the A stands for. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> um, but that is bi-weekly and it's just for beginners. Just, you know, something yeah. to do. Um, for sure. You know, I, I did that, uh, last week and it was interesting. It was cool. Yeah. Um, got to play some different games, got to play Embryon. There you go. Embryon was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that the multi-ball is not worth it, so why even shoot for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I learned that you can backhand that uh, that sock, saucer up there on some games. There you so go. I was like, that is crazy. Nice. So that's a pretty cool game. Talks back to you. And yeah. I just want to correct that name of that league. It was the uh, Casual Recreational Amateur Pinball League. There it is. There we go. Yes. Didn't want any bad blood there. I've uh, I've seen plenty of crazy acronyms. <laughs> yeah, in your day. I've uh, <laughs> I've seen two different places, one in Minnesota, one in uh, Colorado, have a up yours league. So, mm-hmm. um, hey, fight the power. So, whatever, <laughs> whatever that's all about. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so I want to start a new segment here. Okay. Um, and I want to I want to talk about a game. Okay. And then we both share our opinions about that game. Oh, okay. Um, but we both have both have to know the game for one. So, okay. Um, so I'll pick a game, and then you pick a game. All right. All right. So I'm going to go first. Get out of the way because you probably you know way more games than me. Um, I'm going to start with Fish Tales. Okay. Hey, okay. Fish Tales. Williams Fish Tales. Sure. Um, so my strategy for that game, which I've been I've been practicing a lot, is just going for multi ball. Hmm. No, this is why I do it. This is this is my okay. I've, I've, I've tested this out <laughs> over yep. and over, and this is why I go for multi ball. Okay. Um, if I miss the shot, the mm-hmm. lock shot, at least I advance. The um at least I hit the advance loop, you know the uh, right orbit. Oh, do you now? I mean, if I miss it, because I'm not gonna miss it early. I'm just saying. Oh, just saying okay, if I okay. miss it, at okay, least I everyone. hit the right orbit. You Brett know? doesn't doesn't miss early. <laughs> when he misses his lock <laughs> shot, he's always getting a right orbit. And but just in the... case, just in case, it's just to save me, and that's why. Because it's like I'm not gonna be accurate, but just in case. <laughs> so if I miss the lock shot, at least I hit the orbit, right? Okay. Um, and by hitting the orbit, you know, you advance the um, captive ball. The captive ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if I've been, <laughs> I've been late a lot, you know, at least I can get the rocket boat maybe earlier. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, go for lock and then, you know, try to get my two jackpots, shoot one into the, um, the saucer again, and then try to get the left orbit and then hopefully pr- uh, progress to super jackpots. Oh, cause you can't beat that. That's a hundred million. Mil. You can't beat that. Can't There's beat no it. shot in that game that's worth that much. How many games do you play out of 20? Myself? That yeah. you get 100 million. Um, maybe seven or eight. 
I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, if, 20, if dialed, dang. Okay. I mean, I wish it would be more, you know, but uh, me, it's like three, but, um, well, maybe you're a ramp guy. Well, I just can't hit the ramp. Yeah. I'm and they're, they're too risky of a shot for me. I'm not going for multi-ball. Really? No. What's your strike? No. Um, I'm going for monster fish. I'm going for video mode. I'm going for, uh, capturing fish tails, mm-hmm. getting some bonus going. Um, right orbit advancing center captive ball mm-hmm. rock the boat hit the modes for me it's rock the boat's good yeah um i would rather play that and you know your monster fish starts at 20 and then 30 40 yeah 50 so but you got to build it or you can hit 100 mil jackpots i guess i mean <laughs> i i don't but it's a good uh, strat though. So that's a decent. I, I don't really go for video modes. You only get max what like fourteen. No, fourteen mil. No, twenty eight. If you hit them all, yeah. Twenty eight versus I think thirty one might be the the without miss, but thirty one. There's a lot going on with that video mode. It's possible for extra ball too. Extra ball, yeah. sure. And there's uh, you know, so personally, when I play, if I get one monster fish, one video mode. Um, you know, collect a, a fish or two. I, I'm usually over a hundred mil. Yeah. You know, and in a casual game, that's usually enough to win. That's true. So, yeah. um, in, in higher level play, um, not so much. And then definitely be trying to throw some multi balls in there as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'd rather just, you know, I, I have to figure out how to just settle. You know, just settle for, like, the easy, not really the easy points, but the safest route. So in my head, I'm thinking, like, you know, that's 100 mils nice. Yeah. And if you hit that once, you should be good, depending on, you know, who you're playing against. And, you know, and you have three balls to try to get there, you know. Sure. Sure. So, six shots. Uh, Not super deep, though. Uh, Steve Ritchie, right? Or was it Mark? Steve or Mark Ritchie did that game. Um, For some reason, I think it's Mark. But, um yeah, I mean, you know, throw it up top, get some multipliers. That bonus isn't shabby if you're collecting fish and catching mm-hmm. fish. So, you know, that can that can add up. But uh, Yeah, Mark Ritchie. Yeah, I thought it was Mark. Um, I've, I've played different machines where some machines, when the ball comes off the left orbit, orbit mm-hmm. there's a, at least like a huge rubber yeah. and it'll yeah. pop it out. Yep. Is that standard? Or is it just people just through the years just putting different rubbers in there and yeah, um, what I've seen is the ball drift away from the orbit and mm-hmm. just sort of kind of get off that guide rail yeah and then just come straight down <laughs> to the center and you're like yeah. okay that don't work yeah so uh, I've I've noticed that a little bit more and so I don't know I for me I've got a funny thing with fishtails because uh, when I used to play with Paul Madison uh, my doubles partner. Um, we used to keep track of our billions. And so we had our list of how many games we'd gotten billion on, you know, 50 different games got billion. But everybody had like that, that one elusive, you know, white whale. That And uh, unfortunately for me, it was fishtails. And mm-hmm. I had a 992 and then like a 994. I mean, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> like I just At couldn't. Cusp. But uh, eventually, eventually I did. All right, cool, yeah. cool. And I guess when you when you get to games where that left orbit is popping out, then you I guess you got to hit ramps <laughs> yeah. instead of trying to advance your uh, captive ball. Well, nudge it. 
before it yeah, does it. Yeah, that too. So it goes yeah. over the right flipper. Yeah. You want me to pick a game? Yeah, no. Be careful now. Okay. You know way more than me, but nah, I, I do nah. know a little bit. But uh, I can just say, if, if I don't know it, I'll just say, I don't know. Similar era. Um, to me, a little, well, I don't know if I can say strategy, but there's, to me, uh, a multitude of things going on. And that would be the shadow. Okay. Yeah, I know about that. So, yeah. you know, kind of, you got four main things that collect your scarf. That's getting all your modes. That's clearing your upper play field. Uh, that's um, doing your con multi-ball and then doing your uh, whatever shadow multi-ball is up the center there. So, yeah. Um, right to the signum. And so, you know, for me, I don't know. I really enjoy seeing that in tournaments. That's a fun, you know, can you backhand the start mode hole? Um, obviously, you got to play that game without tilting because so much of your money is in bonus. Um, but there's a lot of things going on there. Like, I, I do upper play field, and I know a lot of people don't. But if, I mean, you know, you clear out the whole thing, go through the back, it's, what, 70 mil? I mean, yeah. that's pretty solid. I think next time it's 100 or something. Um, and it's a pretty safe, easy shot that up the up the middle, to me, is safer than hitting the, the mirror or whatever, the door, the mm-hmm. sanctum to going there but you got that you've obviously you got your loops you got your you know high speed loops going on there um and it's funny because the easy multi-ball is the hard one to play which is up the center and then the con multi-ball is more of a variety of shots to hit which um obviously getting in your little side scoop there um Mm -hmm. but just i mean i've always really enjoyed that game i think it's fun i don't know if you know about the secret mode in there where you get it in each of your saucer holes so the start mode the um upper play field uh vertical up kicker and then in the con and if you're not starting anything you can hit the trigger and there's three different voice call outs it says anyone for peking duck <laughs> and then if you get all three of them, then it starts secret mode, which is just a duck quacking the whole time. It's <laughs> the most annoying thing on the planet. So and it's just kind of fun to, to do. But That's then cool. when, when you get it, it's like, oh, crap. Why did I start that? But, yeah. you know, you got that. You've got your, um, what do they call the four ramps when you hit them? Um, you hit them and you change the diverter. Diverters, yeah. Um, you get the something, then you get One's the One's like a 10 million, I think. Well, that's off the skill shot. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about, um, what is the mode called when you get, oh, it's so embarrassing. Um, when you uh, collect the rings and you hit the lower left ramp, both left and right side, upper left and right. And uh, so there's that. There's the moguls on the uh, collect on the left orbit for 30 mil. I mean, there's a few things going yeah, on. Yeah, you can loop that, out so. on that one, right? Is there a mode you can just... Um, I think that middle shot you can loop it. I've seen a guy oh, do it in stream. Sh- oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that's how the big boys make their yeah. <laughs> their money on that. I I can't do that. I've that's, seen that strategy. Watching Kaylee cool. do stuff like that. Yeah, so. I'll be over here taking a nap. Get into a groove. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I don't have that groove. <laughs> Speaking of loop, I, I, I do this new thing on a Jurassic Park now. Okay. Um, you know how um, you hit the right orbit. Okay. The let O. Let me make sure. Let me make sure I got this right. C H A O. Yeah, yeah, you hit the O. Right? Okay. And it will come back around. Yep. Sometimes. Hold the it, flipper up. 
and it'll roll right back up the top. Oh, well, I didn't. I never do that. Okay. What I do is I knock it back again and send it back the other the way. The other way. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I should I be like doing a that just secret to do it. combo. Yeah, it's crazy. And sometimes if you knock it the right way, it'll go up that ramp. Yeah. It's so fun. I like doing stupid stuff. I know I'm not supposed to do it, but. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel <laughs> you. Pop it back around, see what happens. I feel you. I mean, uh, there's definitely a lot of that going on with Godzilla. You oh, know. Secret combos. Oh. All types of weird stuff. I think I've only got maybe four. Kind of like eight of them. I don't even know what they are. You know, just do 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 do. Yeah. Secret combo seven out of ten. They keep making that game just better and uh, better, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it can get. This is opinion. Yeah. It can get a little boring. Yeah, that's your opinion. Um, you're just hitting like that left ramp, mm. right ramp, left ramp, and they're so far up. It's like, oh. Let it come back around. Oh, it's like you're playing tennis. Sure. (laughs) Wait for it to come back around. (laughs) Oh, man. You do realize that's only part of the game, though. I know. There's more to it. There's more. All right. There's more. There's bridge. There's bridge attack, multi-ball, regular multi-ball. There's the trains and the jet fighters and power-ups and the uh, the Tesla strike and kaijus. Yeah, there's a few things going on in that game. Yeah. Yeah, what's your opinions about that game? What's my opinion about the game? Yeah. Oh, n- name a better game, I'll wait. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's nice. It's uh it's very nice. It really is. And it just it's a game that keeps on giving, man. There's just Yeah. Once you figure you out once you think you know it all. Yeah. Or you figure something out, it's like, oh, there's something else. <laughs> I still haven't done the the new little mini wizard mecha. I got close. Mode. It was yelling at me, and I couldn't hit the shot. Okay. It was, it was screaming at me. I just I just kept <laughs> railing that spinner, and I wasn't getting anything. Then somebody told me last night how to get I don't remember. Well, it uh, feels good because if, if you nail it from the left flipper, if it bounces back around, it'll come to the tip of the flipper. You can just pop it back in there again and just pop it back. It feels good. Um, I, have only, I haven't played a premium yet, though. Actually, I, it was one at Bing back at one point. Um, I've been playing pro on Godzilla now forever. And, and you know, get in there and they have a premium. Plays completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hit certain shots and when the building comes down, it doesn't feed it to the same flippers oh, that yeah. you're used to. You know, turn around, you may, you know, hit the right ramp and it just keeps feeding the left flipper. Or somewhere else, yeah. yeah. I think that mecha is a little easier to hit, too. But Absolutely. I think to, to finish it off, there's like a little ramp. Yeah, like you have to go up and, and then you got to go up and get mm-hmm. caught on the magnet. So, yeah, there's that. yeah that that game deviates a lot from the pro. Um, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, there's only two things different there, right? And it's the the, the raptor, uh, the, raptor the raptor cage, the raptor cage, and then got the head, got the head, and that's on the T-Rex. Really about it, right? Which that raptor cage kind of sucks on premium because I'm not gonna say it sucks, but it makes the shot harder because that thing will bounce mm. to the right out lane out of nowhere. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. The helicopter's way better on the premium. Oh, that does feel good. And it slows it down a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah. It slows it down a little bit. Yeah. You got that. Uh, cool, cool. You know, obviously AIQ, I mean, all of Keith's games, I guess, you know, are different uh, pro to premium. Mm-hmm. And you got to approach them differently. So, I mean, not only is this guy cranking out games, he's – you know, cranking out two different versions of the same game. My God. Yeah. I don't know. I've been trying to play a little bit more at work. Um, yeah, you don't play a lot. No, I don't. Don't, sure actually. Don't. When, when Fred plays, like, oh, snap, Fred's playing. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be the other way around when we first opened. It was slow. 
Oh, you're playing all the time. I get a chance to play, get the energy going. Now it's, you know, got to run the show. Um, that's the uh, great thing about being busy, and, and the hard thing about being busy is just uh, not as much time. Uh, you know, store certainly has changed in, in the two years since we've been open, and uh, the growth has been fantastic to see, and, you know, seeing people really take to it is exciting. You've harnessed a lot of talent there, and it seems like most people that work there play well as well also you know and they start off played before they got there that's the that's the crazy part you know and now you got you know this incredibly strong women's presence that's there you know and then tuesday nights when we have league i mean my god it's hard to schedule anybody because everybody wants to be in league so you know uh we've had six leagues in a row 32 players sold out all six so um you know that's that's been good that's been fun you know certainly Trying to build the community up here a little bit and, you know, um, get more and more new players. That's kind of, I think, the goal. Yeah, every time I go out uh, anywhere in Columbia, I always see somebody new. Always. Yeah. See somebody that's, that's never played before. Somebody that's like, hey, I, I, I saw this place in the paper or I saw somebody post mm-hmm. about this or whatever. Yeah. There's this guy that comes bing back. Um, <clears throat> I think his name's Andrew. Okay. Don't know his last name, but... um. I saw him one time at another location around the city, and um, he was good. Like I, I used to see his name like on different machines. Like who is that guy? Okay. Um, and I saw him another day at a, a bang back. We had a small conversation, but he's he's pretty good. And he's a guy that just I don't know, think I know him. He yeah. just you probably seen him around, but he just saw pinball in the city and just started yeah. playing. Um, I was like, that was kind of cool, man. Yeah, that was cool. It's it. really fun watching a scene, yeah. you know, grow, flourish. You know, it's uh, for me. You know, it's it's been a few times, Denver, Minneapolis. I uh, watched Columbus grow quite a bit, and uh, now down here. And you know, we've got uh, we've got good places to play. We've got good players. We've you know, uh, need some more events, but I don't have the time to do them. My God, <laughs> I just you know, I was getting all ready to do another big weekend, and it turned out it was the weekend of uh, of. Um, Southern Fried Gaming, and there's a place out there that has a, a week has a weekly. Sure, so I'm just gonna stop by and say, "Hey, what's going on, guys?" You're up in Seattle. No, no, where are you going? Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Vegas. I'm sorry. I thought. Yeah, yeah. You started talking about the museum, and I'm, I started museum. thinking North. That's yeah. the only one I know. It's Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. yes. Our good friend yeah. uh, Tim Arnold over there. Um, he really likes it when you hit on the games and, and, and like throw them around a lot. Sure. Like that, he's a big fan of that. Sure. So if you do that, you'll get a chance to meet him <laughs> real quick. Uh, he'll come over and find you. Trust me. But, I was going to say, Oh, Fred told me. Yeah. This is yeah, fine. Yeah. Fred Richardson said, <laughs> he said, I could do this. Oh man. We have a few Tim stories. There. I have not been to the new, um, location. I can't wait. I mean, geez, that's sinus. Pinball. Pinball. Eighth <laughs> wonder of the it. world, man. Cannot miss it. So I know that's over by Mandalay Bay. Um, so I know where it is. I just uh, haven't been in there, but a lot of my friends have gone. And, you know, uh, he's got a lot of games. Yeah. Most of them work. From all eras. Yep. And you'll see stuff that you've never seen before. Yeah. There's definitely machines there that you've never seen. So his place wasn't the place where they auctioned off a lot of games. That was California. Yeah, that that's was, what it was. That was in Banning. Banning, oh, okay. I got, I got where they used to have in disc. Yep. Okay. Liquidated all the machines so we could grow weed. 
So the Hall of, Hall of Fame may have, may have gotten some of those machines, you think? May have. You know, I don't, I don't really know. I do know it uh, It kind of skewed the market a little bit about what the value of games were. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I see a lot of people selling games now, um, especially, well, you, especially locally. They got to rotate, you, you know. You want to get a game, play it, learn it, move on. That's what uh, Ken Grant does and, mm-hmm. you know, works for him. And now he's banked up all this knowledge. and Yeah, he's gotten good, too. Yes. Yes, he has. Took second up in Delaware. Yeah. Phil Mason took third. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked him uh, who beat him, and it was uh, Jason Zoller. Okay. Who I've known. Uh, Young guy, right? a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Dad Steve. Steve's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve and I have been friends. Steve was around back in the 90s. Um, Jason was not. Uh, but he's here now, and... Passing the torch. Doing things, winning things, Mm -hmm. doing their things. So hats off to them, and they're good players of recent. So he's definitely uh, done a really good job for himself. Yeah, Ken's Ken's a great example of uh, just being persistent Mm. and just being, you know, welcome into a community. Oh, uh, (laughs) absolutely. You know, he just got in there and and, and got good. Uh, While he was in Delaware, I, I was just needing to get away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, come on up. I'm out of town, but I mean, you know, you can come play or whatever. Yeah. So it was good. Get away, play a yeah. couple of games I haven't played before. Play the Baywatch. That was weird. It was cool. That huge DMD display. Yes. <laughs> Six players, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I you know, some Blackout in. I really love that Blackout. Oh, I love that game. It's one so of my much. favorite games. I love Blackout. Yeah. Did you, um, did you see Kevin Martin in the uh, Baywatch game? No. Oh. I'll have to show you that, man. Really? Yeah. Kev's in there. Gotta save him though. Don't let him drown. Wait, is that him? Yeah. No, that's not him. Yeah, yeah, he's in there. I remember that mode. He's in the water, <laughs> waving well. his arms around, flailing around. Yeah, yeah, that's him. No way. Don't let him drown. <laughs> I think I let him drown. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Crazy having him in here in Columbia, man. We gotta get him on the show. He doesn't, you know, really. Bring a whole lot to the table when it comes to pinball. I don't know if he's really done a lot. Or <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> That's all you guys. Huh? You guys. Nobody knew who he was. And then there's like, wait a minute. I looked him up on Google. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly what happened. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I had told somebody. Because I remember it was the spring 2021 league, I think. Spring open. Yeah. And I was like, just certain people, IFPA. I was like, what the? What? And then that's when I was really into, like, watching old streams. I mean, I still watch them, but I was still trying to get my knowledge up. And I seen him on stage. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the right dude. (laughs) Then I asked somebody else. He's like, oh, do you mean this guy? And they were like, oh, it can't be. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that's pretty sure that was I remember you coming up to me. You're going, hey, so is this (laughs) Kevin guy? Like, you ask me. I'm just like, listen, this guy is pinball royalty. (laughs) He will always be more to pinball than I ever will be, no matter what I do. So. Yeah, I always see him. I say, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not type to ask a guy a million questions, but it's just cool." But yeah, I think he's really enjoying just playing in our leagues and seeing what's happening. Yeah. yeah, being able to relax. I mean, you know, when he's back home in Pittsburgh and stuff, like everybody knows him, everybody wants to talk to him. But I mean, there's a lot of amazing, great players from up there. Fellowship of the Silver Ball is a collective of players and locations in the upstate area of South Carolina near Greenville. This is the longest running group of pinball events in the state. They also have the largest continuing monthly pinball in the country. 
oftentimes gathering over 60 players. Meets monthly on Fridays in the middle of the month. Also runs weekend, multiple day, and location marathons. This is the heart of pinball in the Carolinas. Family friendly and stern rules about behavior, language, etc. Great people, instant friends. The fellowship of the silver ball. Everyone is welcome, so stop by and check out an event. All right, everyone, welcome back to It's About Time. Uh, we got another uh, interview segment coming up with you. I uh, got my good friend, DJ Real from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on the horn. DJ, good to, uh, good to see and hear from you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here. Thanks for having me out. Welcome to the show. Um, I've known DJ for quite a while. Uh, hell of a great player. Super good guy. Uh, just another one of those really great people, pinball, G-Pops. And uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, we got his name into the mix here and introduced him out to uh, some of you who may have not heard of him before. Yeah, and I feel like we've we've had some pretty pretty good and pretty interesting times over the years. You know, we can we can always reflect Absolutely. back to California and mm -hmm. you know the, the Price Is Right and, and doing all that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can reflect on the fact that your chorizo is still sitting in my freezer. Um, <laughs> I'll grab it. I promise. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm be just kidding. Before we get deep into the conversation, um, let's let people know more about you. So, what are some of your favorite games? Some of my favorite, uh, you say games? Yes, sir. Games, pinball games. Um, well, all right, numero uno is going to be Twilight Zone. Nice. Twilight Zone is probably the, the quintessential 90s, I think, era pinball machine. Amen. Uh, it's one that I played quite a bit, you know, when I was um, in my later teens. Um, I just feel like, you know, that was one of the games that Bally Williams kind of threw everything at. Um, and... You know, the, the rule set isn't like super deep or, or anything like that. I think it's just good, plain old fun as long as the game continues to operate the way it should, which, yep. you know, it has a lot of stuff on that game, a lot of stuff that breaks. But, um, I yeah, just the theme, the the gameplay, everything, I'm, I'm all about it, you know. And I was really lucky to, to, to be able to get one. Um, it was the fifth pinball machine that I, I bought and continue to have and will probably never let go of. Nice. Yeah, DJ's got a heck of a collection uh, at his house, hosts, hosts events at his place. And, yeah, I mean, definitely history is a good player, been around, um, knows a lot of people, and has finished very high um, in, in a number of big tournaments. So um, has a great collection at home, uh, hosts an event every now and then, brings people in, and he's got great games in great condition, so it's always fun to go over to his place and, and play for sure. So well, yeah, thanks, I appreciate that. You know, actually I, I bought a new house. Uh, the wife, I bought a new house this past July. So we have nice. a new game room. It's, it's a little bit more downsized from the old game room, but I still have enough room for 16 games. Um, and hopefully, um, if, uh, like PPO or something like that, it happens in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, hopefully you'll get a chance to pop out and check it out. So it's a, it's like, I would call it new and improved. albeit smaller. We'll call it the tiny house version of, of game rooms. Trim the fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's difficult. You know, I'm sure, as, as you know, there's just, you know, there's so many good games out now um, that it, it's, it's tough to, to let some stuff go. But, you know, um, How I've, I've you... got like, my, my solid keepers and I've got my uh, couple of rotational spots. And nice. Got to keep up with the new stuff. That's right. 
too many good games coming out. How did you? Uh, How did you first discover pinball, DJ? What? Uh, what? What brought you into the into the fold? Uh, the part that got me addicted to it, or the part that was the very first time. How'd you find the it? Very, the very first time would have been when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, an eight ball deluxe, oh, uh, yeah. and this like uh, it was actually the, called the Paps Blue Ribbon Bar. <laughs> nice. Uh, down where I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia. Sure. Uh, they had an eight ball deluxe in there, um, so I remember that being early, and then. Uh, I was, uh, I was, you know, an, an arcade kid. I, I just like mm-hmm. hung out at the arcades all the time. Uh, I was an eighties kid. Like so a lot that of was us. Yeah. Uh, there was, um, a couple of arcades in Morgantown. One was at the mall it was Aladdin's castle. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that was on high street was called spaceport. That's the one. Oh, I spaceport. <laughs> that sounds like a great venue. I didn't even know that it was a chain. I, I kind of looked, looked back on it a few years ago, and I was like, "Oh wow, that actually it was a, a chain of arcades. I'd never seen one anywhere else." You know, we had a chain by my but, house. Uh, it was called Goldmine. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know, swinging a miss and, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, you know, it was like one of those things where I could still like look back on when I was 10 years old. I remember them rolling in a brand new space shuttle pinball machine. Ooh. Um, and then the Mount Lair, which was like the, the, the college commons would also have pinball up there too. So, yes. you know, I kind of got like immersed, um, with a lot of pinball. I remember playing whitewater there quite a bit. Ooh. I remember playing JD star Wars there quite a bit, yeah. um, stuff like that. And then after that, yeah. pinball kind of disappeared for me. Sure. Um, and actually video games disappeared for me. Video games was like the big thing for me when I was a kid. And, and then. You know, other things kind of took over. I was a musician. I um, was doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, all in my career, doing that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, How about then, the next wave? How did it get back into your life? Yeah, the, the, the next wave was, you know, fast forward to living up here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I think it was around 09 that I was going down to um, a coffee shop called the Beehive. Beehive. Yep. You know the Beehive? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, there wasn't really like anywhere in Pittsburgh that had pinball out and about. This was the place that had the most. Right. It had four machines in the back. Four. It's yeah. kind of funny to think about that now, you know, but, you mm. know, at the time it was, it was like that was the quintessential place to play pinball. So, yep. you know, for me, I would go there, get coffee, do my homework. I was in school at the time mm-hmm. and I could play pinball, you know, and take breaks and do all that. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, these guys were hosting a league down there. Yeah. And, you know, they, they were like, oh, man, you should join a league. And I'm like, no, nah, that, that that's cool. I'm, I'm good. I'm just going <laughs> to play, play a game and, and, and kind of move on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, enough time rolled around where they were kept, you know, like egging me on to, to, to kind of join the thing. And I eventually did. And I was like, oh, you know, this is fun. And then, you know, we had a finals and then, you know, I, the, there was something about the competitive component of it that I just really enjoyed. I was like, this kind of reminds me of like what I was doing as a kid when I was playing sports and doing all that. But now it's yeah. like pinball. Hey, now that I'm in my thirties my and like that part of me is kind of left. Now there's this new sort of competitive thing that I can kind of get into. And this is cool. Yeah. And then I got addicted to that, you know, and then I bought my first machine. Hmm. You know, which I thought I was spending an exorbitant amount of money on at the time. It was nine hundred dollars for a bride of pinbot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that's funny. Compared oh, to the games today, that's nothing. I can't get a bride of pinbot. I'm wasting all my money on this thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 
can't find one now for less than three grand. <laughs> oh, that's if funny. You're lucky, I think, right? Yeah. You know, especially because they've they've come out with a mod for that now and everything too. Yeah, yeah, the Dutch pinball mod is really cool. Yeah. Did yeah. you uh, and, did you know um, my friend uh, Ellen at all? Ellen Frankel. Did you remember her from that time? No. Okay. Yeah, she was. I don't think so. She was down there. They. Uh, I'm trying to think when Kevin uh, bought Papa and started doing. Uh, Pinberg and whatnot, and I, I want to say the first Pinberg was at the Beehive or something, something like that. One of the first big events was was held at the at the Beehive, and that's funny. That's yeah. crazy to think that they would even be able to. Host I know, enough. right? Well, and that's really uh, that's part of why I wanted to talk to you because Pittsburgh's a really interesting dichotomy of pinball because. In my opinion, it has hands down absolutely one of the best pinball scenes in the entire country, period. Full stop. Like, great players, good people, you know. Um, some of the most creative development stuff, um, especially like what the women are doing, uh, Virginia Hendricks, and uh, just the different way they teach people down there is fascinating. Um, obviously, the clubhouse, you know, another location where, you know, we used to go and gather. But... On the other side of it is, there for a very very long time no public locations, and and the reason is is because it's so incredibly expensive to uh, to license and become an operator of pinball. Um, it at it least sounds in, like you've had some experience with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I've done a little <laughs> consulting in that town. Um, right, right. You know, and so I mean, Steve Zumoff and I have had this conversation. You know too many times he's he's tried to go it's it's a city thing there's something in the city of pittsburgh that has made it so difficult so i'm sure doug would know over at kickback and, and oh all yeah that, what it takes you, you know but, it's just a, a crazy amusement tax that they have yes. and that's you know, doug or somebody like that would would be better to ask those questions about because they actually deal with this stuff yeah but i've just kind of heard it in conversation um that it just becomes too expensive especially for something like pinball now yep. now with other types of amusement games i think it, it, it's easier because you get a lot more plays on those things but pinball is a little niche yep um and it, it doesn't get nearly the kind of play that some of the other kind of stuff ticket redemption games and yeah. things like that crane machine stuff and like so that. it's just mm -hmm. you know it's always been like that and it's still kind of like that mm -hmm. um yeah it hasn't changed so, yet yeah yeah so if you wanted to get something i think over like four or five amusement games mm. in your um venue whatever it's it might five be, or seven or is kind of the cutoff number i remember yeah and so if it's anything like above that then you have like this absorbent yeah. tax yeah because i know steve um, and that used includes to... like a jukebox that includes mm -hmm. pool, table. pool tables yep touch yeah, screen yeah, like yeah, yeah any of them <laughs> but i i just i find it just so kind of mind-blowing i mean you have so many amazing incredible players in that city okay first of all and then obviously well, I tell you, you know it's nice of you to say that there's many incredible players i think there there definitely are absolutely uh, i mean and, there, and there's definitely other cities that, that got some incredible players too uh, but you know one of the things i think that really helped build up pinball to the kind of the, the masses here mm -hmm. was really what Papa was doing. Of course. Right? That, that, yep. Yep. That's, you know, hosting the World Pinball Championship here, yep. hosting what became the biggest 
pinball tournament of all time in Pittsburgh yep. here. That really got people that wouldn't have normally been excited about it. Yeah. Excited about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember and when. Unfortunately, we're kind of in this, we're, we're in the downturn. The pandemic has screwed up a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. And with- that is one of the things that, that, that we have lost at this point. And, and I think that, I don't know, I don't know if the, the, the right term is shell-shocked in Pittsburgh, but the pinball scene in, in, in Pittsburgh is a little shell-shocked right now, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. We, we lost something pretty amazing um, that you just can't recreate, right? It's just, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, with uh, Replay so FX. We're, we're sort of like in the rebuilding stage here of, of uh, what, what's going on. Yeah, it seems, um, seems like but, the scene has kind of it's kind of changed a little bit. You know, I said Texas is really doing some big things out there. Yep. And, you know, California is always doing great things. So I, I think it's on a slow turn, you know, slow uphill turn, I think. For for different markets, yeah. for sure. Um, I think that, uh, you know, with, with Replay dissolving really made, you know, obviously made it tough. But I'll tell you what. At the same time, DJ, it, it it brought so many people together. I mean, I remember Jason and I going out, you know, in the early 2000s when Kevin was first getting started up. We were going to the hotel and we were up on the top floor playing in these little tournaments. And we used to go, God, we hated it. Oh, my God. You know, always calling it Schittsburg. And, you know, we wanted to go out. We wanted to, you know, go to nightclubs and stuff and find good restaurants. And it was just, it was horrible. And I, I had kind of really given up on the city. And then I think, you know, obviously uh, Kevin in the Papa facility uh, was uh, an incredible bright spot in the world of pinball. Um, that's where it started, you know, and, and had first year, has first world championships and then the flood. Um, and that came in and wiped out all the games and then was able to be back the, the very next year. And that was great. But it like you said, getting down to the, to the convention center and, uh, getting in, you know, thousand competitors and stuff that really, you know, cracked the world wide open there. And so, yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, there's, there's a vacuum there that, uh, yeah, I think that it, it, it gave people this, this idea that anything was possible with pinball at that point. Right. Yes. That, wow. You know, look at what they're pulling off there. It, this is incredible. Yeah, and it's, it's funny that you you know you brought up the fact of the flood too. It's sort of like, you know, we they had the rebuilding and they they were able to to bring that back up after the flood. Mm-hmm. The pandemic has happened now. Yep. Um, and you know, it it, it it's it, you know hopefully something big can happen again. Um, yeah. But you know, we're also in this weird state of of pinball values and thing like that too sure that that might make it very difficult um sure it's tough for you guys on the other hand you know fortunately there have been more locations popped up yep um to be a, another one that will be in the south side now where i'm living now nice that'll that'll be opening up in the fall got uh sideswipe uh, brewing too isn't that there and then obviously you got helicon which you yeah. know, outside the city, but uh, amazing location. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's another location um, downtown um, in the market, uh, Market Square. Okay. That's got a dozen or more pinball really? machines. Really? Downtown? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, which is kind of fascinating too. Um, that's, that's not the place where, uh, what's his name worked, is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, that's not the location where, um, oh, what's that kid's name? The, the crazy kid. Um, 
<laughs> I actually don't know. Okay. I don't know who works down there or anything like that. I just, I just peace. know that. Uh, peace. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's um, where peace worked. Okay. Yeah, no, peace worked at the uh, the arcade that was down. That's actually still down there. It is. Okay. Ace, Ace of the Breakaway and play. I love um, peace too. Down there. Such a cool. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. He's, <laughs> Absolutely. Man. He is. Yeah. He's a Pinberg staple. You know. He is a staple, man. Absolutely. You know, it's just uh, funny because you got the players, you got the directors, and really the thing, in my opinion, that made uh, Replay and Pinbrook such a incredible success was the volunteer staff. I mean, my God, the way you guys rallied around, you know, and technicians, and, you know, you had 30 technicians on hand. I mean, just... It's, it's absolutely insane. It really know. was. Loading games, taking the games out of there, like, man, that uh, that's going to be really hard to replicate anywhere else. really is. Yeah, um, the, the amount of like hands on deck, everything like that, uh, I, I do not <laughs> envy. It was just a, uh, I can imagine the amount of work and everything going into. Un unfortunately, I, I didn't do anything during the the, the Pinburg weekend because of my selfishness. I want to compete in the tournament. Right, right. Uh, but I always um, did a pre-tournament. Um, yes. And I worked, yep. and I was, I was working with uh, the dojo yes. to do that. Yeah, yeah, I did that a couple times for sure. Right, right. <laughs> poor, uh, poor Mark. It would, it would be be a uh, you know long day and late night, but yeah, you know, yeah. That's uh, everybody fun. really appreciates, especially traveling overseas, mm -hmm. any opportunity they can get to compete. You know. Yep. Um, and good players and, too. Uh, oh yeah, good absolutely. players over at your place, no doubt. Yeah, you know. I'm just. <laughs> Right now, I'm just thinking of poor Mark Steinman and the logistical nightmare that he had of loading, setting up, and getting I machines. I mean, just, uh, just thinking about all of the old games that would be moved, and I don't uh, even move that far, but, you know, anytime you move a game like that, yeah. it's just angry and old and finicky. And <laughs> I can just imagine all of the, the problems that, that pop up once that game is set up uh, in the convention center and you know, yeah. then you gotta sit there and balance every game and make sure it oh, plays yeah. decently fine. You know? It's set up correctly. Yeah. The extra balls it's are turned off. It's not just moving it. Uh -uh. You know? I remember seeing the full checklist. They yeah. had a full page of everything that you would have to go through to check and make sure that that game was ready to be played. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, just a massive undertaking. Four hundred games in a tournament alone, plus yeah. another. Mm -hmm. few hundred that are used in the free play area mm -hmm. you know, and that's just what they're bringing down right you know yeah. there's others that would bring stuff down too yeah. 400 uh, games that's a huge gamut and like the possibilities of different games you're going to match up against well you that's know, why everybody to, went and that's great he that's has why so everybody many went. chances and like just you're not going to know every game no you know nope and it's just that type of randomness just most of the games i learned how to play i learned how to play because i went there yeah I had to yeah, that's you know, cool. and that's that's one of the, um, you know, I guess one of the things that we lost during the pandemic. And you know, the, the the next closest thing that I got to experience would be in disc when it was at Banning at, at that mm -hmm. uh, venue out there, which is also now gone as well. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, the, the pandemic has, has sucked the life out of pinball a little bit. Um, but yeah. on the other hand, there's a lot of really good things happening. Sure. Um, it's changing. Um, we've we've talked about that in the first couple episodes too. We've talked about uh, how the the focus has kind of shifted from sort of the pro circuit to, you know, the we call them Whopper Farms. You know, the yeah, the, the yeah. District eighty twos, the you know the Delawares, uh, whoever's doing these, you know, five events in three days. 
you know, that really, in my opinion, sort of seems to be the way of the future. I mean, that's that's where people are going for money and for points. Well, also, if the tournaments are run really well, which yes. I've gone to a D82 tournament and I've gone to the DPO, which was last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, if if the, the, the TDs are on things, the games are, yep. you know, in really good shape and, the, and, and things are mostly on time, which both tournaments were. Yeah. People are going to want to go back to that. Yeah. Right. And I think could agree more that it might help for certain situations where you know maybe because there have been other tournaments that that have had the benefit of being at a show or something like that that would get extra people mm-hmm. that help them get on the circuit yeah it, it's gonna it's gonna change and i think it's gonna be now about who's running the tightest ship right who's running the the, the best tournament and you know what good it should be like that and, and absolutely, you and, know, you know, I was, I was really happy, you know, John Del Zappa really talked up D82 and Green yep. Bay. Yep. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I don't think I want to go all the way up to Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah me uh, you know, he just, he just had so many good things to say about it. I was like, all right, I'm doing this. We're going to go. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, and bias all aside, I did well in the tournaments up there. I just really thought that everything was done as well as it possibly could. Yeah. You know, I was like, this is a flagship that other people should be looking at in terms of how to run a tournament. Well, you're going to get a chance to listen to our previous podcast and you're going to hear us talk. <laughs> you're going to hear us talk about exactly that right there. I think Eric, right? it's, it's, it's ones like that. It's ones like in disc. Yes. That I'm like, you know, the, I will go back to every year because I know that's, it's going to be a very professionally well-run tournament. You sure you haven't listened to our first two episodes? Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's pretty much uh, that's exactly what we talked about. We talked about. Right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm a big stickler well, about obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. I'm not the only person thinking yeah. about these. Things, well, that's, right? that's the whole point. Get the conversation um, started. Yeah. Now, Eric you know, and Hick- like you know. The, the the competitive part of it it's 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 important to me I, I really enjoy it and I you know honestly I'm I'm like getting at the end of my pinball career here I'm right I'm right I'm looking at like the the Jason Zollers and the, the right. Jared August and, and, and Asher you know, like, and yeah, yeah yeah and I'm like dude you guys have yeah at least fifteen solid twenty solid years ahead of you of, of like crushing it yeah where's I'm, the I'm seniors division. <laughs> I know. And uh, I was like, am I, am I going to have to think about the senior division thing? Right, is, right. Is that where I'm getting here at this point? No, um, but I, th- I think know, you, I, I, you're tapping onto something that, that I've talked about too is the quality of the events. You know, obviously, Carl and Jim, what they do out in California. Uh, on our very first episode, I, I talked about that, you know, that might be the standard bearer right there of how to run a great event you know yeah um and, and same with eric and his team at uh, district 82 i think him and tom graff and all the guys they got there that are, are are you know dedicated to it there's a real passion there that that they have for it which is really nice especially for some old dogs like us to see you know people being really excited about pinball and doing this and volunteering and, and putting the effort out there so um yeah and, and those kinds of things like i have no no problem you know paying for those kinds of events and making sure yeah. that they're getting what they need yeah. because they're doing it right yeah well and, and you know the one other thing though is 
we talked a little bit about kind of, you know, hosting in those venues. Okay. Great to be at 82. Nothing going on. It's not a public place. We open up, we do the event, you know, you pay your cover, you go in, you do that. Uh, the museum model. Obviously, I operate a place. It's coin drop. Completely different, you know, uh, different model there. Not what we're doing. Um, and, and as far as competitive, uh, you know, it can be very different as well. But, you know, we're, we, got, uh, we got the world championships next week, which I'm assuming you're going to. I will be there. Okay. I don't know if you saw, but, I mean, we got to pay every day to go into that venue. And you got all these pre-tournaments. Well, all of a sudden, $25 a day, six days. It's 150 bucks, man. Like, yeah, where's, yeah, where's yeah, the monthly membership? You put a lot of money to qualify for. Yeah, yeah, you know. People are like, oh, I don't like coin drop. Very interesting, right? Because what, what other sports would charge the competitor to, <laughs> to enter the building? <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. You almost rather want to pay. It's an interesting thing to think about, you know. You almost um, rather want to pay like a like a not really like a league fee or something like to be a part of like a, a some type of club or some type of sure. situation like that where like the dues are paid. But we did. We okay. always and yeah, actually okay. every event we play in, we're paying. Well, I'm saying like yeah. you pay. Let's say like there was like a, a membership or something. There was a certain league, and you paid your dues to be mm -hmm. a part of it. And that way, when you go to these events, oh, I've already paid. Ah, you know? sure. Something like that. So, but sure. that would involve an entire team of organization. And, yeah. You know, having that team at every event, you know, and maybe that might be the wrong thing. Maybe you're blowing it up too much. Oh, you know? I like that, Brett. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, maybe that's so. a good what's, idea. What, what Fred's saying about us paying it at every tournament is true, though. You know, every every tournament that's IFPA sanctioned takes a, a, a fee from that. Yep. And so, it. I don't that's think it's right there. Out of, out of context to say why aren't the the top sixty four in the world getting a free pass? To this. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, you know, some people are spending thousands of dollars to, to travel to Fort Myers, Florida to play. Amen. Um, yep. It, it, it seems to undercut it a little bit to, to have to charge them a, a door fee. That's too. what I'm saying. That's I, would, what I'm I wouldn't saying. mind paying yeah. like a uh, a yearly fee to IFPA. Sure. That way, I, I, you know, you go to each event. Oh, you're already paid for. You're already a member. Hmm. And then the people that want to come in, then they have to pay at the door. You yeah. know? So. Josh actually likes to be paid early and often okay <laughs> he enjoys i think it's called the waterfall theory of just you know just send him money he, I, I, i'm pretty sure he has my credit card on file he just charges me like you know if i make any kind of comment or something he sees on facebook oh there's ten dollars to fred so i think it'll be it'll be exciting to get back to the world pinball championship it's been two yeah. years yeah i mean i got three you Dude, know, this might be uh, the last time I qualify. You know, like the the way the the, the ranking system is now, it's just so goofball. You know, yeah, it's so yeah. crazy, and it's like, when am I going to qualify again? I don't Have know. Have you been playing for how long? You said thirty. Thirty. Um, yeah. At the beginning of that thirty, was were you an IFPA or was that around? There, no, that around, didn't start so till, around two thousand five. Well, you said. Hold on, there yeah. was IFPA. Mm -hmm. Yes, there wasn't the ranking system. So when did the ranking officially start? Uh, 2005. So from 2005 up until now, you've have you've acquired all that experience and points within the system, right? Sure, but they flush out. So well, that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's on a rolling three years, so it okay. drops. It drops. Yeah, if, you, you're, if you're inactive. Yes. Right. So your points only stay with you for three years. Okay. And then tomorrow on 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 uh, May 20th, 
anything that I got on May 20th in 2019 is going to drop off. Mm -hmm. So it's a rolling three-year. So you three have to year. stay active. So yeah. I, I, can, I can start playing right now for a year, go to every event that I want to do, yes. do decently good, and I can possibly be well, better than you in the And guess rankings. why you can? Because you got a black hole of a year and a half before you. Yeah. Where people are, you know, nobody has any points. And that's what I'm talking about with the, with the crazy ranking system right now because, you know, there's people up there that are like, uh, who? I mean, you know, not to not, to not mm -hmm. but it has just changed so much. I mean, before the pandemic, you look up at top 100, I mean, you knew 93 of them. Yeah. So. Well, I, I will tell you that, you know, I played against people at D82 that mm -hmm. I've never heard of before. Yep. And I'm like, oh, let me, let me go check out their IPA profile. And I see that they're fifth and fourth. And I'm like, or they're, or they're fourth. And you're like, I'm sorry, who? Yeah. But, but what's happening is, is that they've had the privilege to also play in a lot of these tournaments. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, the 82 does, does a lot of big time. Even their weeklies. Right. Are worth right. A crap ton of points. Right. You look at a Pittsburgh weekly. And mm -hmm. you're lucky to get 10 points. Yeah, you sure. You look at a D82 weekly, and they're like 40, 50, 60 points. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, so. Oh, my God. Wow. You know, the closest so I've seen around here is 10. Yeah, so it's Silver definitely ball. skewed in, some, in certain like ways. 15. No, you're um, right. You're right. And, and I mean, they've, they've mastered the system. You know, they've learned about, you know, total games played and, you know. I'm really kind of hoping – that's what Josh may be trying to push forward with the certified tournaments yep. will make a difference because I think if yeah. that's done correctly, yeah. it's going to award those that compete at a high level at really big tournaments Absolutely. and not just like the day-to-day -day stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, he and I and talked so about, like, yeah, we yeah, talked it, about it, that at length and it was very interesting to sort of hear for our listeners that uh, aren't familiar, they're looking at doing a certified, excuse me, certified events um, where you can get 150% worth of points. Um, and you have to meet a lot of criteria and, uh, you know, number of players, number of hours qualifying, things like that. And, and at the end of the day, what it really is, it's rewarding the multi-day event. And it's almost an answer to the five events in three days. Follow me. So you can you can Whopper Farm and do that, or you can do a bigger event and and get more points for it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thought. So there. we'll see see how that kind of shakes things out. I don't know um, if there was any changes that would reduce the value of like some of those other tournaments of mm. what they're calling the Whopper Farms now. Sure. Um, sure. If it doesn't reduce those, then it might not make a huge difference overall. We'll yeah. just probably have to we'll wait to see, see what it kind of looks like. Because there, there needs to be enough certified events, I guess, yeah. to do that. Um, but that also leaves the, the other conversation open of what's happening with the, the Stern Pro Circuit because it just seems like it fell off the, the, the radar completely. Josh did not like what I had to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we had about an hour-long conversation when I was driving back from uh, – when I went to I'll District be honest and, and say that I yeah. feel like I I lost interest when they reduced the field from forty to twenty. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I, I feel like it just deflated the the event. I, I get why they did that, but also I couldn't agree more. I mean, because I was qualifying like every year, and then all of a sudden it was we're only going to take well, twenty. Yeah. So so explain to me why they did that. Um, they wanted to do 
you know, higher price, more action, you know, box and make it good. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but, um, you know, when Stern kind of took it over from Papa, so, you know, you had the Papa Pro Circuit, and, you know, obviously that started to sort of disband. And then Stern kind of picked up the, the moniker and said, okay, now it's a Stern Pro Circuit. But the thing is, Stern wants prepackaged, very easy to promote. You know, I remember when I was running, you know, the events at Expo in 2019. And Jody was asking me, he's like, well, can you just tell me, you know, what time the final's going to start? And I was like, it doesn't work like that, man. Like, you know, people play. And it's a head-to-head event. Like, we don't know. And so they really wanted something really clean, packaged, easy to sell. And I think that was kind of part of the the 20-person ladder system, which was, you know. I less, guess the, you know, the thing is, who are, they, who are they trying to sell it to? Yeah, I don't I think if they were trying to sell it to the competitors, you know, you, no. you're probably. No, 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 no. Media. It was for media purpose. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, is, is that really should that be the focus right i feel yeah. like it, it kind of took away from the competitive spirit of it a little bit sure um and uh, you know i agree yeah i felt I like agree. having a, a top 40 really gave some underdogs a chance right yeah whereas now with, with the top 20 you kind of know what you're getting yeah yeah a lot of familiar faces so yeah i can i can yeah. hear that i hate i mean that's what, what, and... what made uh things like pinberg fun, right for sure. I hate going to a tournament as this top eight. I'm like, let me get top 16. Let me just get, let me just get in there real quick, man. <laughs> chip <laughs> in a chair, baby. Give me a chance. <laughs> I need a chip in a chair. So, DJ, where do you see your future going? You're already talking a little bit about winding down your professional career, but, uh, you know, what do you see over the next <laughs> three, five, ten years in, in the world of pinball for DJ Real? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I played my first, like, sanctioned event. Was it, like, 12 years ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, look, I, you know, I, I've definitely been in pandemic post mode. Sure. Yep. Uh, a lot of people I've, are. I've gone to 82. I've gone to Allentown. I've gone to DPO. Um, you know, I've, I've even traveled to some smaller stuff, you know, outside of uh, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Zach Bowers going up for his uh, Madcap tournament. Sure. But, um, I, you know, I, I guess I'll just kind of see where things take me. I, I don't, I don't really, you know, look that far ahead. I'm looking forward to the next event, which is next week. You know, yep. the IFPA World yep. Football Championships. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'm really kind of hoping um, to do another D82 sometime this year. I've Same. got a lot of stuff going on this Same. summer that I'm, I'm actually not going to be able to play much pinball until the end of june i'm gonna actually go to pentastic for the first time okay uh, so, so I'm, I'm hitting i'm hitting some stuff that sure. i haven't done before yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm, I'm kind of livening things up a little bit you know not going to the same old same old totally hear that <laughs> and for me i'm just uh you know running a business and building but and... uh i'm fully planning to qualify and hopefully play in, in germany for ifp there you year. go okay make it happen right? i know um, you can and and I think that I should be able to do that um, based on where I'm at right now. And good, you know, maybe six months to go. Good. But uh, yeah, I, I think I, I'm not thinking much beyond that. That's, sure. that's probably um, the next big thing. Definitely try to make it back out for in disc again. Awesome. Um, and uh, 
do some little things here and there and um you gotta get you, you down know. to bang back dude you gotta come visit us here yeah as long as, uh, I can, as long as life allows it of course you know yeah competitive pinball doesn't pay the bills of course <laughs> um you know and those types of things you know and, and until that does um i'll have to work my my, my full-time job outside hey, man. Of pinball. good thing you're good at it <laughs> listen but, dj um, I want to I want to thank you for for joining us, man, and getting on here and chatting a little bit and telling us about things. Uh, listeners, if you uh, haven't, do a little Google search on this man and see what he's done and see what a good guy he is out there in the world of pinball. So, a lot of totally appreciate that, Fred. Always a pleasure talking with you, man. Really, really appreciate for sure, that. brother. Uh, and everything that you do in pinball, too, man. Thank you, thank you. Trying really hard, you know, trying to make it as inclusive and diverse as we possibly can and that's sort of the goal right now and you know we're doing a lot with the women's program a lot with the kids program so we're really trying to grow it in a lot of facets Dude, i love it i'm really hoping i can get down and check out your venue yes. at some point too yes. um just we'll give me that. a good excuse we'll do that <laughs> we'll make that happen for sure man. <laughs> listen thanks Absolutely. again for joining us dj i appreciate it a ton brother you take care and i look forward to seeing you next week Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. No problem. Great Thank talking you. with you. Take care. All right, buddy. All right, have Take care. Marco Pinball's mission is to provide pinball machine owners one source for everything pinball. They offer over 30,000 individual parts for thousands of pinball machines to customers around the world. Keeping pinball out of the landfill since 1985. Visit them at marcopinball.com.